This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Meet Allison, teammate at Truist Bank. Hi. She was born to care and she always had your back. You could say that. Like that time back in the mid 80s when she spotted Stacy Kaminsky with her new perm and a car was coming, about to hit a puddle. So Allison jumps in front of the splash, just in time to protect Stacy's fresh curls. Look, I had to do it. A wet perm just doesn't work. Today, Allison's a teammate at Truist, the bank that starts with care. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Learn more at truist.com care. Truist Bank, member FDIC. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Max Cohen and Jan Shanes. This is our post-match show of Fulham's 1-1 draw against Bristol City at Ashton Gate. We have a lot to get to to talk about in regards to this match. I look forward to talking to my co-host about that. But guys, before we get going into really analyzing this match, I'm going to introduce a new segment. I don't know if we're going to do this each and every week, but I did this on my other podcast, Patriots 4th and 2, and it gave me a, a chance to express myself. So I'm going to do it on this podcast as well. It's entitled Russ's Rant. It won't be long, but I'm just going to, again, just get some things off my chest and get us going. I'll be talking about form, obviously, talking about things that were going on during the week, and also talk a little bit about the match, and then we'll get going into analyzing the match. So let's get going with Russ's rant, and uh, we'll start here. I definitely need to talk about this, is that uh, a couple of days ago, I saw a tweet on Twitter talking about all three podcasts that cover Fulham, Cottage Talk, obviously Fulhamish, and 
Fulham Focus. And uh, this tweet, again, it started off as something else, was talking about how one podcast preferred to the other two. And I understand that and said that the other two were shit. Okay, so that's fine. If a supporter doesn't want to listen to this show, I can respect that. And if they don't like this show and they prefer another one, that's fine. I don't want to talk about my reaction to it because I didn't take it too well. And I went on Twitter and I basically talked about how, again, the fact that we've been doing this show for such a long period of time, and I'm very protective of this podcast. We do a great job. So do the other two podcasts. And uh, I was more thinking about not just myself, but everyone that's been involved with Cottage Talk all the time and effort. And I think that tweet just basically just bothered me, but I probably overreacted. But the bigger point is that we need to be listening and watching. You can actually get onto blogs. You can actually go on message boards. There's a lot of information out there. I say take it all in. And we're pretty much, in my opinion, doing the job of the media. I'm talking about the podcast and every other outlet from the fans covering full. We're doing their job. We are the voice of the supporters. So when I see, you know, again, our show being singled out along with another show as, you know, again, not being the preferred, that's fine. But I'm here to tell you, support all three. Support the blog. Support the message boards because we're all in this together. We all have different opinions. I listen to the two other podcasts. Fulmish and also Fulm Focus on a regular basis. I like them both. And we all offer different things. If you prefer one over the other, that's fine. I'm just telling you, I would recommend listening to all three because we offer something a little bit different. We do on this show. And and again, I would definitely check out the other two. So I just wanted to mention that because I thought I overreacted a little bit on Twitter. I was just a little bit upset about the comment. It's just one tweet and uh then uh, I got a lot of uh, people that actually liked my tweet. And then I thought, well, maybe I'm, I, I was being a little bit too harsh on this. So I just wanted to mention that. Next, guys, I want to talk a little bit about the match itself and how I feel about Fulham coming out of this. And this will set us up analyzing the match. I actually feel very encouraged by what I watched performance-wise. Now, it's a 1-1 draw, and we're going to analyze and, and go through this. But I saw, I want to say, a marked improvement in how Fulham played. The flow of the play looked completely different than what I've seen and really encouraged me. They went to Ashton Gate and they took it to Bristol City. I wasn't expecting that. And I got to tell you, I thought they were more aggressive. The passing was more on the front foot. And that encouraged me a great deal. And I know it's a 1-1 draw and we're going to talk about everything that goes along with that, because I saw the comments about us trying to keep pace with the two teams ahead of us. And I understand all that, but I'm here to tell you that I feel better if Fulham end up in a playoff situation after seeing that performance, because I saw growth from Fulham Football Club. I also saw that they can go to Ellen Road and win. They can go to the Hawthorns and win. I feel so much better from a 1-1 draw than I have in a very long time because of the performance. Honestly, that is my number one take coming out of this, is how I felt after watching it. Because 
there were no sideways passing. That was all gone. This is all going forward and trying to control the match. And am I disappointed that they only got a draw? A little disappointed. But honestly, getting a point at Ashton Gate, I think, is something that we should be looking at as more of a positive than a negative. And uh, we can definitely go into more details about that. A couple other things that I definitely want to touch upon when we get into analyzing the match is the play of Abubakar Kamara. Max, I know you have some thoughts on that. We're definitely going to talk about him because I thought he was an impact. So I want to mention a little bit your thoughts on Harry Archer because I thought he played an interesting role. I just wish he just stopped getting yellow cards. But beyond that, I, I thought he played a role. Of course, we'll, we will mention how Tom Kearney was, uh, in my opinion, man of the match. But we'll, we'll get into that in more detail. So, guys, that's going to end my Russ's rant. I just needed to get a lot off my chest and also set up what we're going to talk about for the show. So, Max, over to you. Any thoughts on what I just shared? Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up at the end. I think the biggest takeaway from this match is we can officially announce Tom Kearney is back. I thought he was superb. He was the best player in the pitch by far. And he actually was tackling, guys. It was a miracle. He was getting stuck in. He's tracking back. He's winning the ball back for us. Starting counterattacks. Playing higher up the pitch. Getting involved in attacking situations. Combining. And, of course, a superb finish for the late equalizer. It was, I think, his best match all season. And it's coming at the perfect time. If that Tom Kennedy shows up every single match for the running, I think it's a different Fulham team we saw. And I'm really glad he brought, brought the performance because I think it's linked. I think when Kennedy plays like that, I think we played some of our best football all season because it was consistent. You know, It wasn't just we yep. turned up for the second half or the first half. I thought we played the entire match around about high pressure, intensity football, keeping possession in the opponent's attacking third, creating good chances. It should have been a lot more than one, honestly, if Deco Dover-Reed has his finishing boots on at all. Right. I think we win that match. And if that late penalty is given, which I think is a stonewall penalty, disgraceful call by the referee, a Premier League referee nonetheless, it looks like he got relegated too with us. Um, <laughs> I think it's a different story. But honestly, I, I think a day after us, I agree with you. I mean, it's more positives and negatives to take from that. I think we should have won, but it's encouraging to see Candy play like that, to see the entire team play like that. And someone made the comment, I want to know what you guys think. That was the most like Slavisa's football we've played all season. I curious messaged to someone yeah. that this morning, my friend. I think that's the first time that I felt that Fulham played a little bit like Slavisa. Giannis, I want to go to you. I'm glad that Max brought that up because those words actually came out of my mouth and then I messaged someone. I said it felt like the first time a Slavisa-style football team from Fulham. Now, I know it's different, but – it was just a little bit more of that slick passing. What are your thoughts about that? And also, let's hone in on this. What is the difference? Does it really come down to Kearney? Is he really just propelling Fulham to be playing more on the front foot? What are your thoughts on all of this? Well, I loved the rant. Remember, <laughs> village idiots will be village idiots. You know, we've got <laughs> these podcasts to help each other and support each other. And all in the common goal of um, supporting our beloved Fulham, you will have those buggers that haven't taken their meds first thing in the morning or last thing at night that will feel that they can be keyboard warriors on social media so you did the right thing having a good round it was nice and entertaining to say the least in terms of uh, the performance just that was an interesting game to watch Kenny is playing well and uh, which is good I mean he's he's pivotal in terms of our, our team um, I, I, I thought it was an, we, we don't have a good record against City. we know that 
And then when Naki Wells scored, I, I'm sure a lot of us were thinking, oh, here we go again. But, you know, um, Kearney was our best, best player yesterday. It was a goal of quality. And, um, you know, he makes players better around him. It's, we're still not, as a team, you've got to fire on all cylinders. And when we got to, you know, to Ellen Road and the, Haw the Hawthorns, we're going to need everybody to, to kick in. And again, a couple of disappointing performances yesterday that I thought um, Scott has got to really look out uh, in terms of, you know, big games coming up. And I happen to think that, you know, we've got nine games left and a lot is going to happen. A lot will happen. And uh, um, I think we're still going to be there or thereabouts with the, with the top two at the end of the season. Um, let's see if we can get rid of the Brent fodder on Friday night, uh, the Brent bums, and uh, and then take it from there. But um, Kenny is pivotal. I agree, Russ. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's had a, last, a good last few weeks, which is great. Um, and, you know, if we finished our chances yesterday, well. Okay, excellent, Giannis. Right back to you. Because, yes, again, my positivity coming out of this match also talks – about what I'm about to share with you, because I thought about this, and actually Scott Parker mentions this uh, in the video that the team puts out. We're talking about coming back from a losing position, and when Naki Wells scores, I personally feel if this was two months ago, we lose this match. But the players did not give up at that point. In fact, they really pushed for that equalizer and potentially win this match. They were still pushing hard to win the match. So I find this extremely encouraging because if, say, Fulham are in a playoff situation, the fact that they are not giving up or feeling sorry for themselves after going behind, I think that's all long gone. I think there's a new mentality there. And you just saw it at after Naki Wells scored the goal. So for me, that's something that I, I really want your thoughts on, Giannis, because it's a mentality. You have to believe in yourself. And I saw that after they, again, went down 1-0. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think um, there's a resilience piece there. We, we, did, we didn't panic. There weren't panic substitutions. Um, Scotty recognized that we were playing pretty well. And um, at the time... The goal was a little bit scatty, but uh, you know he recognised that that uh, we were playing well enough to get get back in the game. We were giving them some problems in the back four, and I thought that was that was great. I mean, we got the result against Swansea, which was was obviously uh, uh, late, and um, you know the, the the game against Preston I thought was a good battle of resilience against a, a I think a very resilient unit in Preston and. Um, I think it was some, there's some self-belief now. You know, it may be because Tom Kearney's playing well. It's, uh, it, um, it spreads like wildfire. Right. I was going to say that, that other virus, but we'll say wildfire. <laughs> and, and he makes other players better. I mean, I, I don't think it's only lack of, lack of coincidence that Harry Arter's in the lineup. Because Arter, I know he got a yellow card. I think it was for dissent yesterday, but I thought Arter had a good game. He's, you know, I did too. He, he's directing the traffic. Um, we looked pretty solid as a unit defensively, um, apart from that goal, which was a little bit of comedy. But, um, yeah, there is a resilience. And that's going to be required because the last nine games 
um, are going to be are going to be are going to be fun. Um, yeah. They're going to be fun because we're in a position where we're eight nine points ahead of seventh, so we're in pr- very good shape in terms of the playoffs. But we're close enough to the top two that when we play those two, they're keeping an eye on each other. But you know they they you know it, it's there's something to go with going up as champions and a few nerves and West Brom we know have been in and out and Leeds are hitting a bit of form but you never know we've already beaten this year so um, I think it it sets up for a very a fun nine games we've still got 20% of the season to go there's still a long way to go so um, you know that result yesterday I think is uh, I think Tom Kearney put it on Twitter, he said, Twitter when he said that um, you know hopefully it'll be a point gain gained rather than two lost and I agree I thought it was a good comeback and Bristol City are no mugs and uh, we've developed a sense of resilience and we'll need that if you know assuming that we get into the playoffs okay and I agree with all that that's why I want to bring that to the table and Max I want to get your thoughts resilience is a great word to use I'm glad that Giannis mentioned that because that's what I was thinking when I was watching this because I'm I've seen the other side of this I've seen heads drop I've seen a team look deflated and I didn't see that defeated you didn't see that against Bristol City you saw a team hungry to get something out of it and and, uh, I did see that from Tom Kearney and I believe it is a point gained if you look at it again we'll talk about the goal they gave up but they did not give up from that point on in fact they pushed to potentially win this match your thoughts let's give credit to Scott Parker a lot of people give him some stick for his substitutions, his in-game decision-making. But to take off Tim Ream and, and throw on, you know, wingers, I think he actually put on knockout there, put on yep. Cabano. He went for broke. He realized, I don't care if I lose 2-0 or 3-0. We need to get a point or something on this match. That's, that's aggressive. But he's always been doing that, guys. I think his substitutions when we're down have always been very aggressive. I remember I was at the Luton match, and he also took off Mawson and threw on knockout or threw on a winger. He's not scared to take off a center back and throw in an attacker. I think that's a really valuable skill as, as a manager, is not to be too cautious. And he, you see the opposite of that when a lot of people focus more on, you know, when we're up 1-0 and he takes off an attacker, puts on a third center back, whatever. That gets the majority of the attention. But I think we need to applaud him when he goes for the point, goes goes to try to win the match when we're down. Uh, and that was inspired. I think, although I'm not sure if Knocker played a massive role in the final 20 minutes, it more set a tone to the, to the side. Right. Uh, listen, we're going we're gonna to get this result. We're not going to just lose this game. We're going to try to get something. Uh, and I thought it was really positive. And I think the players in the pitch were revitalized because of it. It was nice to get to get that equalizing goal. And let's be honest, with the header from Adoy that was well saved, you know, Candy should have had a penalty. We could have won that match in the dying minutes. And that kind of fight back. And we saw a bit of it against Swansea, you know, when we were denied the penalty and then Mijer gets a last-minute winner. That's right. This team has an almost never-say-die attitude. Um, I, I do think this is, a, this is a new film team in the past couple of weeks. I do think there has been a market improvement in our performances. I think we're peaking at the right time. I'm, I'm optimistic about that. Okay. What are your thoughts about what Giannis said in regards to Kearney, that maybe this is coming from him as a catalyst because he can make players better around him. If he's playing well, the team plays well. What are your thoughts about that? Oh, 100%. And it's, it's been a drag on the team, honestly, when Ken is anonymous because he is a captain. 
And we've essentially had to play without a captain for months at a time because he doesn't do the leading uh, like McDonald does with his voice or his stature. And that's okay. You know, that's not necessarily the role of every captain. But what he must do if he doesn't yell and, and inspire players with his you know, attitude has to be with his play, has to be his performance. So when we see matches like yesterday, when the performance is there, you realize this is what, it lo- this is what it's like when you have a captain, you know, setting the example. And if you can play like that the rest of the season, like I said, I think we're in great shape because he's so key to everything we do. And when he's not firing on all cylinders, the team's just not the same. You know, you can sure. see the build-up play so much slower. When you win the ball back, there's not as much energy. But when he goes and, and fights for the ball back, because he put in a number of really aggressive tackles yesterday, which was not something you see out of Kennedy very often. But you're right. It just sets a tone for the rest of the team. They say, you know, if, if Tender Tom is putting in a tackle, why can't I? Exactly. <laughs> it sets the right tone. I'm glad that you said that, Max. Okay. The last topic I want to talk about before we talk about the starting 11 and the 18 overall is Abubakar Kamara. And there are a couple of things I want to talk about in regards to him. I thought he played very well. I was hoping that he would start. He does start. Max, I'll start with you. Let's talk about the performance of Kamara. And then I have a couple of other topics that go underneath that. But just give me your overall thoughts on Abubakar Kamara's performance in this match. A lot of people said Abubakar Kamara, he's only good off the bench, breaking down teams in the last 20 minutes. If you start him during a match, it'll be a mistake. And I think he completely answered his critics in this match. I thought he was excellent. If not for Tom Kennedy, he was one of the best players in the pitch. I mean, from minute one to minute 90, I think he had that energy and had that ingenuity. The way he beat players yesterday, I think, was one of the best, you know, dribbling performances I've seen in a while. He, I mean, and it happened way into the second half when people might think he might be tired, but there was a period when he had two defenders on him right to the right side of the box. Yep. And it wasn't with fancy stepovers. It wasn't with, you know, flashy skills. He just, he shifted the ball with great close control and just goes right by him like they weren't even there. And that was in like the 80th minute. Every single counterattack, he was at the heart of it. The way he switched play, the way he broke down the middle and, you know, played balls out to Cavalero and Candy at times was excellent. Unfortunately, couldn't get a goal, but I think he set up a lot of really nice crosses into the box. It's becoming his forte, wide delivery. Again, so happy for him to be playing well, coming from where he was, you know, just a year ago. And I think he's quickly saying, listen, you start me, I'm much more effective than Knockard ever will be. And I don't think anyone can have a, an issue with that, honestly. He's, okay. He should be one of the first names in the team sheet. I'm glad that you brought that up, and I'm going to go to Giannis and get his thoughts on Abubakar Kamar versus Anthony Knockhart, because that's exactly where I wanted to go. Thank you for leading me in on that. Giannis, I want to get your thoughts on this, because I was talking to a phone supporter this morning living in Spain, and we were talking about the difference between Kamara and Knockhart, and I want to get your thoughts on this. My opinion was Knockhart is the more talented player and uh, he goes one-on-one. But Kamara, I think, fits the style of play better and is more of a team player looking for his teammates more than Knockhart. And I think right now we need someone that's going to be part of the team, part of the flow. And I think that's one of the differences between when Knockhart plays and when Kamara plays. What are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, it, it's selfless versus selfish. I mean, I, I think that's what it is. It, it's, And I might sound pretty harsh, but... Uh, again, yesterday, Boo Boo, his, his decision making of where, when to go one on one, when to lay it off, when to knock, you know, you know, square balls, 
is, is all about thinking, whereas knockout is in many ways a throwback, um, which, which you don't mind a winger that does that, but you do if he's inconsistent. Um, and right now, Boo Boo starting on the right is a good thing. And I think it's a, a good reminder to knock out as well that, you know, nobody has a God-given right to be in the starting 11. But, but if we flip that up for a second, I'm going to uh, a little mini rant. I cover Euro yesterday. Go ahead. Extremely wasteful. And, and, and not inconsistent. And, and it's a shame we don't have an alternative on that left that can, can, can do that. Uh, I just, right now, um, he's not giving us value. Um, I thought the service to Mitro yesterday was non-existent, and you can see you could see in the second half him starting to drop his head. We've got to get service, and we've got to learn from that Swansea game. Get the crosses in. That's right. Get it, and he wasn't getting that. And he's, you know, if they look at the game tape, they'll they'll see that really he was feeding off scraps. But back to Boo Boo, you know, he's he's earned the right now, to, I think, to be in the starting lineup against the fodder. It'll be, um, you know, it's at home, and you know he's going to be fired up to to, to give them heck. And uh, I hope he starts. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game. I think there's a lot of pressure on, on fodder when they come in Friday, because they're right on the, the precipice there, and we could do some real damage if we can if we can uh, get a result against them, which of course would be a lot of fun for everybody. <laughs> because we all love the fodder. So, well, we'll see. But I thought um, selfless for me, Boo Boo's performance yesterday and uh, certainly one of our best players. Okay, and I agree with that. And Max, over to you. The last topic I want to get into in regards to Kamara is uh, a supporter who was at the match wanted us to talk about this. And uh, it's actually been a pet peeve of mine. So it's going to be an interesting little discussion. You can also... Feel free to talk about the whole Abubakar Kamara versus uh, Narkart situation if you want, if you want to comment on that. But what this supporter wanted me to mention for our show was the diving, Max. And you know how I feel about this. Clint Dempsey brought me to Fulham. He is a world-class diver, and it drives me nuts, okay? And uh, I don't think it reflects well on him. But, again, he was a wonderful player, but I'll always remember the fact that he was a diver. Can someone please get to Abubakar Kamara to get him to stop diving, Max? Because I think it, you know, again, this supporter mentioned to me that he thinks it reflects badly on the club. I agree with that. When's the last time Kamara dived? Give me the moment of the season when Kamara dived and, and, and embarrassed you. Can, you. can you think of one? This season? No. I, there have been times. But it's, I think if, if, if that's what you're talking about, Kamara, then I think you're not really looking at football. It's just more of a personal vendetta. And you don't like the guy for whatever reason. And that's okay. fair. You're entitled to your own opinion. But I mean, if that's what you're thinking about when you're of Kamara and not what he can bring to Fulham and how he can assist goals or score goals, okay. I, don't know, I, don't, I don't really know what to say to people. I think that's just something you have to deal with yourself in, internally because that just seems like a personal thing. I mean, listen, diving is disgusting. I think he's – honestly, I think he's eradicated that from his game. Um, I, I can't think of any prominent moments this season he's done it. I think – also, I think Mitrovic dives probably more than he does. If you have a problem yeah, with Kamara, then you should have a massive yeah. problem with Alexander Mitrovic because oh, that guy's buying every too. single free kick and throw himself to the floor like a salmon. But, you know, honestly, guys, I don't hear that much of the Mitrovic. I don't know why that would be, why people would not like Kamara. Who knows? But the point is, um, I think people may maybe look internally at their internal biases. End of the day, Kamara's a great player. Mitrovic's a great player. I don't have a problem with whatever they do. If you're trying to get Fulham to win, that's fine with me. 
I, okay. I like it. They didn't die, but I if I don't if you ask me what, what the top five problems were with Fulham this season, top ten even, diving wouldn't even make the top ten. Okay. Bigger issue. We have bigger issues to deal with, guys. Let's, okay. let's be honest. <laughs> Giannis, your thoughts on all of this? Yeah, I can't remember the last time Boo Boo died. I'm just I'm, I'm struggling to, I'm struggling to think, and I know that was a criticism in the past, and I get that. But Mitro's more the flopping fish. Um, although in de- in Mitro's defence, I, I think he gets really poorly treated by the refs because you know they, they're draping themselves like treat like cheap curtains you'd buy at Brentford Nylons. Whoops, did I say Brentford? There I go. There I go again. <laughs> um, but he no, I, I Boo Boo I think has done a lot of growing up since being sent to exile to Turkey. And, um, you know, he's, again, and, and I'm not a fan of flipping and flopping. I, I, don't like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I think it's cheap. I think it's unsportsmanlike. I think it's trying to con the ref. Um, you know, we have enough players in the world that try and con a living, let alone trying to con a ref. And um, including your president down there. Whoops, political statement. There you go. Um, but I think that no, not for Boo Boo. He's done a lot of growing up, and uh, no, no, not for, for sure. I, I mean, to me, if you're caught diving, it should be an automatic yellow anyway. And okay. um, I don't think enough reps actually enforce that, but that's another matter. Okay. And I'm glad that Max brought up Mitrovic, and I love Mitro, but Mitro dives too. It's a good point by Max to bring that up. And uh, I just wish that these players wouldn't do that, including Mitro, because it's just not something – that uh, I want to see from my club. And uh, like I said, I, I pointed out Clint Dempsey, and Clint Dempsey brought me to foam, and I never liked when he died. So I wanted to be fair on that. Okay, guys, let's move on. Let's talk about the starting 11 and the 18 overall. Mr. Janaeus, over to you first. Well, I was delighted to see, absolutely ecstatic, I have to admit, that we had a goalie. That's always good. Um, <laughs> you know, had to, had to put on it. Actually, jokes aside, um, you know what? Um, not a problem. Boober was starting on the right. Um, Harry Arthur given another go. Um, the back four had to pick itself. Dennis O'Doy just, you know, you got to I'm honestly. You could, I, I think O'Doy, not only can play in every position, I think he could rebuild a new stand on his own. Honestly, Mr. Utility. Um, super job at left back. Always great to see Christie at right. Um, and the bench, I thought, you know, um, if there was any question mark, does K-Mac come in or does Steph Joe come in instead of, and by the way, I have to tell you, a peeve, bringing a sub off the bench for 90 seconds, like, really? Come on. That's, there's time wasting, but what, 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 a, what a joke that is. But about a part, um, fairly straightforward lineup, I suppose, and a, and a good bench. Oh, Matt, Matt, O'Reilly, Matt O'Reilly was brought back into the 18, which was pleasing. Okay, excellent. Max, over to you. Your thoughts? Yeah, obviously, you know, Joe Bryan not in the starting 11 is, is the big news. Worried about him. Hopefully he'll be back soon. But I, I didn't think Christie was terrible. I thought he, he got beat a couple of times on his wing, but it wasn't a massive miss. Apart from that, I, you know, no McDonald again. It seems like Arder is first choice again in that holding midfield role. Uh, no Anima, no Reed. I saw LaMarchand in a training video this weekend. That was nice. Uh, maybe he'll get a maybe he'll get a run out sometime. But far, far, the starting eleven, I think, was pre- was pretty solid. Okay. And I was happy to see Kamara there, so that was good. Okay, excellent. All right, guys. Coming up next, we're going to break down both halves with key moments, and we'll end with talking about the stats and finish up 
with man of the match. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Okay, guys, let's get into the first half. And uh, let's just start here by me saying that, uh, as I've talked about in my Russ's rant, I could just see a different form. I could see a team that was on the front foot controlling the match, and that started from the very beginning in the first half. And I could just see the passing. It just looked more crisp, slick, and it looked like everyone was on the same page. That is what encouraged me from the entire first half. But really in the beginning stages, I could really feel that. And, Max, I'll go to you because, again, it all leads up to an opportunity in the 27th minute. And uh, Bobby decker reed coming back to Ashton Gate to play against Bristol City. Here's a great opportunity for him. It's set up from Cavallero. And uh, maybe this is harsh what I'm about to say. He needs to score there, Max. This was a huge missed opportunity in the 27th minute. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Decker-Dover-Reed, I-, I love the guy. And I think he gets in great positions, but... His finishing is just leaves so much to be desired. Um, and, you know, it was against his former club. Maybe that played into it. But you're right. The cutback was superb. And actually one of the first good crosses I've seen from, from Cavalier in a while. And Reed makes a great run. But the header, yeah, it's just marginally wide. Should have scored there. Should have scored, you know, in the, in the stoppage time as well at the end of the match. Yep. But that was positive. I think, you know, that is something I, lo- I want to see more from the wingers, which is get to the byline and then cut it back. I've been saying this for a long time. I think that is so much more of an effective cross than just to be taking it, you know, from higher at the pitch and crossing where the center back can see it. If you get behind the defense and cut it back, much harder to track those runs. So that was a positive um, development. Hopefully Parker said something. But, you know, that showed that we were starting this match stronger. And although there weren't a massive amount of clear-cut opportunities, I think you're right. We should have been one up there. Yeah, that's just my thoughts on that. And, Right after that, you have the opportunity from Kamara. He hits the side netting. But, again, it just shows the intent from Fulham. And then, again, Fulham were in complete control, Giannis. And then I'm going to go to the end of the first half. And you have Harry Archer's opportunity in stoppage time that just goes wide. Again, not a bad opportunity from Fulham. But, overall, I thought that end of the half, on a positive note, even though we didn't score, and I think it just showed that Fulham were in control of the match even to the very end of the first half, your thoughts on Arda's opportunity and just the play in the first half? I thought it's funny. That would have been a fantastic goal by Arda because the sequence of passing before that was sublime. And it was, an, and what I loved about Arda's shot, it was a snapshot, just went wide of the far post. Keeper, for me, was beaten. And uh, we, we seemed to be getting in a, into a, a bit of a rhythm by the end of the first half. And um, it was sort of funny because they looked at... Bristol City looked dangerous on the break. You can see why, you know, we, I mean, the seventh the point behind Preston, and they're there on, they're there on merit. I mean, they've, they've got a nice little side. Lee Johnson's done an excellent job down at Ashton Gate. Um, so on the break, I thought they looked dangerous. Um, but having said that, when we started doing the one-two touch passing um, moves, they seemed to be at sixes and sevens. 
And that article, if Archer's shot had gone in, that would have been a fantastic team goal. That's a real, I hate to say, Slovenian like. Because again, I've, I've said all along, and I've been, you know, the the um, the buggers that go on social media like they did last night, saying, "Isn't it time for Parker to go?" It's like, you know, shut up! Like, really, we're third in the table by four points. Like, well, what does this man have to do? You know, I don't, I don't know what this compulsion of, of a number of fans that seem to want Parker to fail. Um, but we really can't complain about the performance overall. I thought first half we were we were very good, and if Art had scored that goal, that would have probably been deserved for us to go into the break. Right. A goal to the good. Definitely, if he scores there, Fulham deserved to be ahead because I thought mm-hmm. they were the better side. And I think you know, again, going to Ashgate to play this team there, and I know that they've uh, dipped a little bit, but. For me, the biggest difference I come out of this is remembering the performance against Bristol City at Craven Cottage compared to this, and I think it's night and day. And I think it has a lot more to do with Fulham than it does Bristol City because Fulham's play on the road was, again, more expansive, more on the front foot, and uh, I feel that you know we deserve to be up, but it didn't go our way. So they go in the half with uh, there being no score and uh, a little disappointing, but I thought the play was there, and I think that, to me, is something that we need to keep talking about. Now we uh, transition to the second half, and uh, Fulham had another decent opportunity from Decadova Reed, but this is uh, saved by the goalkeeper. And um, the second half wasn't as slick as the first half, let's be honest there, and want to give Bristol City credit from there. But now I want to go all the way to talk about their goal, guys. And Max, I'll go to you. Because this is actually all this starts with a foam corner. And then they take it, Bristol City, fast break all the way down and uh, and get their own opportunity. And they get the goal. This is extremely sloppy, extremely sloppy. It's preventable. Uh, but it's, you know, and again, I just wanted to go all the way back and talk about how it really started. It really started. The play started with, with uh, a corner for Fulham. So your thoughts on the goal from Naki Wells? This is preventable. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say. I'm glad you brought that up. They pulled the Fulham on us. It was like a carbon copy of how we scored a second goal against Preston last week, essentially, with that break from the corner. And if it, was, if it wasn't for the superb defending of Tim Reed, I think that was one of the best defensive plays I've ever seen. Essentially, it was, it was a four on one. And he has to treat you know, the three men essentially running free in the middle, and he has to track the one, the, the winger on the left, and how he cut off the angle, pressured him, and won- and eventually forced a corner. It was great defending. It's too bad we're not going to talk about that that much because the ensuing corner led to a goal. But going going back to how we attacked that corner, it was a poor ball. I think I'm not sure who, but someone dives in, and allows them to break, and that's just a shame because I think we had a lot of corners in this match. A lot of them were wasted. And then when we had tried to defend our corner, really, it reminded me, honestly, of the worst days of us, you know, what, 2014, 2015, when we literally conceded so many goals from set pieces. It wasn't even funny. It's just, it just pinball head, headers. No one can clear properly. I think Kearney, for how good he was, he just kind of falls down. There's no foul there. He just doesn't really fancy heading it. And that was a header that hit it back in to Naki Wells. 
can there be questions over Rodak? Am I being too harsh here? It was a good header for sure, but kind of slips under him. It, it wasn't really that close in. It was, I don't know, maybe that's just splitting hairs. But again, as you mentioned, one word to describe it, sloppy, preventable, just was not a good goal to concede. And when that went in, I felt like the momentum had shifted. I, I honestly was surprised when we got back into it because that was kind of the soccer punch that can really kill off right. matches. Right, and what's interesting about this, Max, and I want to mention that Bristol City were, were better in the second half, but Fulham were the better side throughout this match, in my opinion. And this, to me, was a soccer punch. I'm glad that you put it that way. And But again, they created it. You know, again, I guess you could say they deserved the goal because they pushed it forward and it eventually led to their goal. So I want to give them credit for that. But let's now talk about what happens after that because as we talked about at the beginning of the show, your head can drop. You can pretty much mail it in if you want, but that's not what happened in this match. Fulham were resilient. And Giannis, I want to go to you. Let's talk about the goal from Tom Kearney. This is a fantastic goal from him. But I also just want to talk about how he took it upon himself and was extremely aggressive. And, uh, you know, again, it's like we're dealing with a different Tom Kennedy these last three matches. So let's talk about the equalizer from him. Started with Arta. Um, yep. We're running through. I mean, that's one of the things about Arta: lots and lots of energy, and and oh, of course, got options on the bench. And it's gone to Kenny. And, and look, um, we we all know that Kenny has to get it on his left. <laughs> that's a, you know, it's sort of broken kindly, but he's 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 ridden a challenge and he's he's curled it. He's curled it, and my part, I thought, I thought he was going to get there, and he, he didn't. So glad he didn't. It was a lovely, lovely goal, and um, you know what? It's no, it was no more than Kenny deserved for his performance on the day. I think he, you know, he led from the front, and um, it's the sort of quality we remember two years ago that you know that epic goal against Leeds at the Cottage, and you know he's 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 capable of you know scoring goals and creating chances like that. He's got a tremendous left foot. And I thought it was a very calm finishing. And it was no more than we deserved. I thought we'd asked a lot of questions from them after Wells had scored. We never gave up. Um, we went on the attack. And uh, I thought we got our just rewards. And, and at that point, I actually thought we'd, we'd nick the winner. Um, they seemed to, It seemed to rock them back. And um, I thought we were going to nick it in the end. It wasn't a big, but um, not a really nice goal by Kearney. Fully deserved. Oh, I agree. And that leads to the end of this match, guys. And I'm glad that Giannis brought this up because uh, Fulham were looking for the winner. Definitely looking for the winner with the more aggressive near the end of this match. And uh, you have the opportunity from Dekadova Reed that's blocked. And at the very end of this match, guys, we're now going to talk about, I'll ask you both this question because uh, I've watched this several times. And I even heard the uh, comments from, Scott Parker after the match where he compared this to Merrick Rodak against Barnsley. We're talking about the situation with Tom Kearney and the goalkeeper. Giannis, should this have been a penalty? No. Okay. No. And I, and I'll, well, I actually agree with that, Giannis. I'm glad that you said this. I yeah. actually agree because <laughs> um, I know many believe that it was a penalty. I believe Max said that, he believes it is, and then I'll, I'll get your thoughts on it in a second. But I actually don't think it is a penalty, Giannis. Well, I think contact was made with Kearney uh, uh, by Mindpah on the way down. 
But I think where you've got to give the benefit of the doubt to the keeper is that the, his eyes and focus are on the ball. And I think that's it, because during the act of that, he's got the ball. And I, I, I'm just trying to think, if that had been Rodak, um, I would have thought that was a really, really harsh decision. And I think if you're in doubt with a decision like that, I think you've got to give the benefit of the doubt to the keeper. Because he's, he's landed, it's not like he didn't get ball. He landed, he got the ball. And even the contact was made, oh, it, 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 well, no, I, I just know. To me, to me, to me, I didn't, I, when I saw the, I saw it live and I saw the replay, I didn't think it was. And okay. I've seen, seen it several times since. No, it's, it's the right call. Okay. Max, I believe you already said you believe it is. And uh, I, I just wanted to get your view on this because I know many believe that that should have been a penalty. I've watched this several times, and uh, I understand why people think it's a penalty. I what? actually what? I disagree, how? How but you, your thoughts. Can, I, I'm surprised by you guys. He, he gets carried before he gets the ball. The keeper just think, takes him out. I think he does. I understand what you're saying about he's going for the ball. But right. I'm sorry, if that's in a box and, and you get the man before you get the ball, that's a foul, no? If that was anywhere else, though, I'd answer, I'd answer this. I'd argue this. If that had been anywhere else on the pitch, and it's not a goalkeeper that's involved, would you give a free kick? I mean, I think I think I would have. Honestly, I think the way the, the game is played now, it, even if it's a great tackle, if you get you get the man first, referees are going to blow for that. I, we don't, yeah, we might not I, like I agree. it, but, but also, Giannis, he's, he's he's kind of he's just spilled. The keeper's just spilled across. He's out of sorts. He's scrambling around. He dives in. It's it's not measured. It's hurried. It's 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 all in a huff. I think I think that's 100 percent a foul. I mean, and I mean I know it was a, it was a big situation last minute of the match. Yep. But he's just he's out of control. He's he's not thinking straight. He swipes Kenny's legs. That's a penalty for sure. Now let's be clear. There's absolutely no guarantee we make that penalty at all. You know, <laughs> Mitro could step up and miss that. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. I still think we should have okay. had a chance to win the match. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, we're not always going to agree, Max. That's what makes this show great is that we can have a difference of opinion. When I watch the back, I hear what you're saying. You you make a strong argument. I, I, I don't know. I still feel that it's not, but I've seen both. I've seen, oh, it's definitely a penalty, and I understand why people feel that way. It's just how you look at it. But, um, you know, and uh, it's understandable why people would be upset about it. And like I said, I heard Scott Parker compare it to Merrick Rodak against Bronson. So I, I get that as well. Okay. Great stuff. Great job, guys. Let's actually now look at the stats and see what the stats tell us about this match. Because, again, I think stats can give you, you know, an insight sometimes to what you guys watched. So let's start with possession. Fulham had 57% to 43%. Total shots, 19 to 14 in favor of Fulham. On target, five to eight. Fulham only had five, and Bristol City had eight. So look at corners, seven to three in favor of Fulham. Crosses, 34 to 18 in favor of Fulham. Attempted passes, 423 to 325 in favor of Fulham. Attacking passes, 236 to 108. That's pretty significant. Passing accuracy, Fulham were at 79%, and Bristol City were at 72%. Files 13-8 in favor of Fulham. Okay, Mr. Janaeus, what stands out to you from the full-time stats? Funnily enough, the passing accuracy of 79%. Ours is usually higher than that. 
It is. Um, and, and that's, I think that's testament to, the, um, the, especially in the first half, the good job that um, Bristol City did in, in closing down space. It didn't really give us a lot, to be honest, except near the end of the first half where we, we were all over them. They just didn't seem to be quick enough to close down, probably because a lot of it was one-touch passing. But, but that um, is one that sticks out. Um, the other one, the obvious one, is that it ends up 1-1. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I a lot of Fulham fans were on social media last night and felt that, you know, we should have won it. I think 1-1 was probably the right result, to be honest. I think it's never easy going a goal down. Of course, there's the penalty shout that could have been given. Yeah, I get that. But I, to me, it felt it felt at the start of the second half that it was going to be a nil-nil and that a draw would probably end up taking place Having Wells score and us come back, I think one one's you know one one's probably the right result, and people will will argue about that penalty, um, but you know it, it, things do even themselves out at the end of the season. But uh, um, but the, my big thing was the seventy nine because usually we're a little seventy nine percent passing accuracy. So usually we're a little bit higher than that. Yep, we're usually at least at eighty percent. Okay, Max, over to you. Yeah, I think. Interesting that we had more shots but less shots on target. That kind of indicates one of the big issues we had all season with, you know, we have a lot of shots, a lot of possession, a lot of good passing accuracy, but we struggle to convert that into clear-cut opportunities. So that's still a worry. But I think, you know, the passing accuracy is 79% away from it, very high, as you guys mentioned. Uh, that's definitely positive. Yeah. And I'm always fascinated by the crosses. I think you mentioned we had 34 they had, you know, in the mid-teens. We essentially yep. had double amount of crosses yep. as they did. I've always said that's such a key part of our game. We score the majority of our goals from crosses, uh, and it's really surprising that the players we have currently aren't really that good at putting balls in from wide, with the exception of Kamara, maybe Brian when he's fit. I think those are the two best ones. Cavalier can sometimes do it. Apart from that, we're not very good at it. And Micho really was feeding on scraps, even with all those crosses. So that's one part of the attacking play I really want to see just shaken up because it seems so much of what we do is kind of put it out wide, throw it in the box, and it doesn't really come off. Do something different, Parker. I mean, I don't know, near post runs, far post runs, decoy, third man getting in the box, midfielders joining the attack. I don't know what it has to take, but the crosses have to be improved because we do so much of it. That doesn't right. really yield many, many opportunities. Okay. Good stuff there, Max. All right, let's finish up with man of the match. Max, to you first. I'll say Tom Kearney. Do you agree with me? Yeah, it has to be Tom Kearney. Um, Kamar gave him a really good run for his money, but – I think Kander is excellent. Of course, the lovely curled goal, but everything from his tracking back, his tackling, just to his interchange, he was everywhere, and that's what we need from Kennedy. We should expect this from every single match because he can be one of the best players in the division if he plays to his potential. We need to, just need to see this week in, week out. Okay. Giannis, over to you. Man of the match. Yeah, yeah. Kennedy was excellent yesterday. I mean, no complaints. He played like a captain, which is what we we wanted to see all season. But it's really been somewhat intermittent, somewhat inconsistent. But yesterday he showed his mettle in terms of his leadership on the field, and and that goal really caps off an excellent performance. So for me, I, and I agree um, with, with Max. Um, you know, Bubu had a very good game. I think I thought Adoy had a, a very solid game as well. I liked Arta discipline in in terms of discipline of position, shall I shall I say? But for me, Kenny was our man of the match. Okay, excellent. Great show, guys. This is actually a really good show. And uh, just want to mention, as always, before we wrap up Cottage Talk, to uh, 
Check out our friends at uh, the Come On You Whites app. Download it. You can listen to the show on your iPhone and also on your Android. The show's there. A lot of bunch of articles. Definitely recommend you downloading the Come On You Whites app. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For my co-hosts, Max Cohen and Yannick Janais, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. For Fulham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels home and away. Download the free COY Whites app now from the App Store and Google Play. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. So I used the savings from switching to Progressive 30 years ago to buy tickets to the championship game. You know, between those two teams that didn't exist 30 years ago? Yeah, I'm a big Alaska Palm Trees fan. Which is a team now, in the future? So switch to Progressive and save big because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.